We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kind of respect for Gus and what he does defensively. Um, What's up, guys? They played us tough. You guys hear me? And, uh, a lot of respect uh, for how they played. Let's get right into this. They started early. Sound, uh, and they did a heck of a job against us. Like we're going to have all those conversations, you know, going through uh, in the next couple of weeks. Let me know if you guys can hear this. What's up, everybody? That's a great question. I think you got to see the future. I mean, that's sometimes that's probably one of the hardest jobs is predict the future of these young guys. But what can they be? What their capabilities are? I think all these guys in this draft have talent. Um, and then how do you elevate their talent, you know, as coaches and putting them in position to succeed? But that's a great question. Um, again, as coaches, we got to do a hell of a job of evaluating that and seeing what they could be. Briefly, briefly, yes, just very briefly. Again, right now, I'm just finishing out the staff right now. And once that gets finalized, I'm going to be all ball. Again, I'm going to take analytics into the equation and most definitely, obviously, I know there's a chart, you know, I'm going to listen to the chart, but again, it depends on how the game's going. The flow of the game dictates like that. I mean, if it's a go-go situation, but we're up two scores and you got a chance to go up three and kick a field goal, I'm probably going to take points there. Just situations like that. Um, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I think it just depends on what you need uh, from a staff to staff, offense, defense right now. So, I mean, if that ever came into play and we needed to use those titles, we could use those titles. You know what? There's a lot a lot of good things to say about Philadelphia. I mean, the organization was phenomenal. First class organization, the way they ran the operations. Um, and then again, just the way we, the, the camaraderie within the staff and the team and the players on how we built that culture there with Nick leading the charge, uh, I thought was phenomenal. And, and the, when you get the buy-in from everybody, that's when teams can become special, but you got to do a hell of a job of staying consistent with your message every single day and just doubling down on that stuff. That's a great question. I mean, that was the COVID year. And I remember we had to do his interview over Zoom via Zoom. And that was the exposure. I think the COVID thing hit right after his pro day. We we're going to do a private with him, I believe. And then the COVID thing hit and that was done. So then it was just via Zoom and off the tape. But what I took away from that is that this is a guy that loves football. 
and was a perfectionist and wanted to be right. And, and he did a hell of a job in that interview process, gave him some information to study. Uh, he studied it. He nailed it. And then we went to his tape and just how he talked about the game and his preparation throughout the week and what he went through Monday, you know, Sunday through Friday to get ready for his games in college football and just the vetting process of talking to so many different people and finding about what his mental makeup was. Because a lot of these guys are going to be talented. They're going to be able to throw it. They're going to be able to run. They're going to be able to make plays. But what's that edge? What's that edge that separates them? Yeah, that makes sense. I think, again, whoever that guy is back there throwing it, you got to adjust to him. you got to build the offense around the quarterback first and foremost. You can't be stuck in your ways of, hey, this is the system we run or whatever it is. Like, you got to be able to adapt to that guy. And not only that guy, it's all the players around him, the receivers, the tight ends, put those guys in position to make plays. What does this receiver run well? What does this tight end do well? What does these backs do well? The offensive line. And I think it's the same thing on defense. Like, you got to put these guys into position to maximize their talents uh, so they can shine on Sunday. Well, I think the physical traits, yeah. I mean, obviously, you got to be able to be able to throw it and cut it through the wind and all those things. But again, the accuracy is is one of the biggest things. Like, I think when it's third and eight, and you got to have it. Like, you got to be able to stand in the pocket and deliver a strike with the guy coming down, you know, barreling down your chest. Uh, I think that says a lot about a guy's toughness. Um, I, I look for that on tape. Uh, obviously, the vetting process of it, but the physical traits. Obviously, guys come in different shapes and sizes. We've seen Hall of Famers that are six foot. We've seen Hall of Famers that are six five. Like again, it's that it factor, right? Because everyone's going to have some talent. You got to find and six dig deep. No, I mean no. I've, we, we've seen it done. Drew Brees is a great example. He's phenomenal. I think you can. Yes, I think you can. I think you can help accuracy. I definitely do with mechanics, um, and I think. Part of it, too, is the scheme you put them in. You know what I mean? Don't make them think too much sometimes and simplify the offense to build it around the quarterback. You know, that's a good question. I think part of it is I think it's the obsession. Some of these guys, like, you got to love it. You got to be obsessed with it. You got to be first one in, last one to leave. Like these guys in Philly know. I mean, Jalen was in there at freaking six o'clock. He'd be in there till nine thirty, and I'm like, that's what it looks like. Like you want to play in this league for a long time and be successful. Like you got to have that mindset every single day that I'm going to give it everything I got and be the best I can. Yeah, I do. I feel good about where I'm at uh, right now with the progress. Again, still some things to get, you know, cleaned up. And, you know, obviously got to get into this draft, you know, start watching more of these guys, uh, all positions. Um, but but feel really good where it's all at. And then the next process is obviously, you know, getting into phase one and phase two with the OTAs and phase three. And obviously we get the extra week uh, with the mini camp there. So putting that schedule together here soon, shortly. Tanny, phenomenal, uh, phenomenal. I got a ton of respect for Tanny. Um, obviously played in the league for nine years, sees the game really well, sharp, very, very detailed. Just he gets it. You know what I mean? Those conversations that I've had with him um, over the past two years, the way he sees the game, talks about the game, clear, concise. Uh, there's no gray area with him. We, obviously the game might be played. There might be some gray, but the way he teaches it is, is second to none. 
again, I think when you're evaluating guys, especially when you're going through the process is the vetting of guys. you got to find out. you got to ask every single person that knows this guy that's been around this guy. What's he like? What makes him tick? What's his office hours? How does he study tape? I mean, all those little details. And then as coaches, you got to have a detailed plan when you go and meet with these guys, whether it's here at the Combine or there, they come in for the top 30 visit. Of, hey, here's what here's the plan. Here's how we're going to find these things out. What's that? That's Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, CDA National. Uh, it's a club up there in Coeur d'Alene. I went up to it this summer. My buddy's, uh, my buddy's dad and him are uh, building this new club. So if anyone's interested, it's a great place. Yeah. That might be it, guys, for the uh, Shane Steichen press conference there. That is probably going to be it. Keep an eye on this as we go along. I'll keep you guys updated in case it uh, in case something comes up or if we have Chris Ballard coming in uh, shortly. They started it a little bit soon. Uh, they originally said it was going to be 2.30 when, uh, yeah, they originally said it was going to be 2.30 for that presser, but um, yeah, it didn't go for very long and it started a little bit early. So uh, yeah, we weren't able to do that, but um, hey guys, I'm sorry uh, for a blank canvas. Um as you can see, nothing really behind me yet. Um, working on lighting, working on uh, working on some other things. Uh, I got to get some uh, stuff to put up here. I have stuff here. I just moved uh, to my new apartment. So, and hey, Drake, appreciate you for that $5 super chat, bro. Appreciate you. Um, I, so I just moved into a new apartment literally yesterday. So still putting everything away, still putting everything up. Um, I'm hoping by tonight or tomorrow, I will have this area looking a little bit more like a cult setup. So I do appreciate you guys, uh, being, uh, being, uh, appreciative with me on that. Uh, I'll work on getting some stuff up here. I'll keep working on getting it better. I promise. Um, so again, thank you guys so very much. And um, anyways, so yeah, going off of what Shane Steichen just talked about there. And again, we're keeping an eye out for when the uh, Indianapolis Colts uh, end up having uh, Chris Ballard come out. Um, that's going to be the next thing, but yeah, as they, uh, as we were talking about with him, he kept preaching, you know, a lot of the, um, yeah, he kept preaching about accuracy and willingness to win. Right. I mean, that's kind of the big thing with this. Um, it's just going to be very interesting to see what that entails for them going forward. Right. Cause they're going to need to, uh, I mean, that preaches a lot of different things to me. And of course I'm assuming all of these guys want to win, but you know, some of these guys might have a more willingness to do more than others. Um, you know, he mentioned the development of a Jalen hurts and how, uh, the kind of player he is 
might end up being a huge thing for the Indianapolis Colts and their process of how they're doing things if that's how they want to do it, right? And even referred to, you know, when people are talking about the accuracy uh, issues or the inaccuracies of some of these guys right away, um, it doesn't mean that you can't, you know, teach accuracy, right? And I don't think any of these guys have a have too many problems with being accurate. I think that the ultimate problem is, is you know, some of these guys are a little bit better in their mechanics and their throwing ability than what they than what they are than some other guys are. You know, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, you know, those guys are a little less accurate than guys like Bryce Young and um CJ Stroud on an accuracy consistency basis, but we'll, they, they, he's talking about how you can move things like that. Uh, Casey. Yeah. Um, I, I am on the Richardson train now. I was one of these people that did say, you know, I, I was, I was not one of these people that was willing to take a chance on that right away. But now I'm, you know, I'm all for it. Now, if the Colts deem it to be the best option, going forward, then that's what they need to do. If that's what they deem is the best. But again, if it's not what they deem best, they're probably going to have to make a different solution there. Um, I know people were talking about the hire that was made earlier in, I think it was yesterday or today. I don't remember who was the new quarterback coach that we just got. Um, I have to look that you guys want to tell me who that was while I'm trying to look it up. Uh, I'm sure somebody in the comment section probably uh, knows it a lot better. And of course, some of the things I might've missed too. Uh, it's about projecting what a player will be, not just could be and not just currently is. So, you know, again, something very interesting to think about there. And of course today, you know, oh, Cam Turner. That's right. That's right. Um, everybody on the edge of their seats to see if Bryce cracks 200 pounds. Yeah, that's going to be the big one, right? Does Bryce Young end up cracking, you know, around 200 pounds? Because then that could be a big thing for him. Um, but yeah, Cam Turner, the higher of that, that could be a very big thing for the Indianapolis Colts. You know, when you're looking at... um. Yeah, when you're looking at the Indianapolis Colts and the direction they may go, Cam Turner has had a lot of time invested with particularly mobile quarterbacks. Um, and uh, I think that could mean something. It could mean something. It could mean nothing. You know, it's just ultimately what Shane Steichen wants to do. But if you just got a quarterback coach that is, you know, dealing with um with that sort of thing, that could be very interesting going forward. We could see a Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson be that main type now because of how he, they work with that. Um what was that I just saw? And uh yeah, I'm I'm excited guys for the for the combine tomorrow. 
Um, I'm going to definitely be, I'm not going to, uh, stream it, not going to stream it, but I will be making a video. Um, I will be making a video here shortly. Um, Hey, Michigan Wolverine. What's up, dude? Uh, I'll make a video after each and every day, kind of breaking down some of these players and who, uh, impressed me the most and who was actually doing more for this team, uh, who could potentially be somebody that we may need to look at. Cause remember, I mean, outside of the quarterback position, I mean, that's going to be something where, you know, you have to start paying attention to, you know, what, what is it that <laughs> Michigan Wolverine quit following? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just going to come down to that, but we'll see how it goes. Trying to see if there was anything else that I missed. Um, but I don't think I did, but yo, I mean, did you guys see, um, I mean, obviously did you guys see, um, Oh, you guys should do a podcast while tailgating at Lucas oil. Yeah. Cody and I actually suggested the idea of doing that. Um, we have a couple different big ideas that we would like to do when it comes to streaming. We actually have talked about, uh, streaming at a bar or someplace or at a venue somewhere in Indianapolis for the draft. We would love to do a stream inside Lucas oil stadium. We'd love to be able to do things like that. Maybe even t do a stream while tailgating in Indianapolis. That would be really freaking awesome to do. We'll have to try to get in contact with some people and see if we can actually do that. Um, but we will just have to see, but, uh, true it. I don't think that it's going to, I don't think that they can move. Um, I don't think that, uh, we'll be able to trade down for Richardson. You're going to have to probably stay inside the top five. I mean, there's always the possibility. Hey, he may not be around, you know, so that's going to be, that's going to be really difficult to deal with. <laughs> Derek, are you wanted? Seems like you're always moving. No, I, I just had to move from, uh, I just had to move. I came back from Texas after deal, uh, working with my brother. And now I'm in a spot where I am going to be at permanently for a while. So that's, what's going to happen. We could set up a hot uh, table and a hot spot at our tailgate. That'd be freaking cool. That'd be cool. Stream from Slippery Noodle Bar near Lucas Oil. People would be for sure go see you guys. Hey, I, I would love to. You guys keep those ideas for me. And if I, I'll throw those ideas back uh, here in a little bit. But uh, towards when the season gets started, I'll make sure to keep an eye out for that. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, Shane Steiking, yeah, coaches are like players. You're under contract. He acknowledged that he tried to grab a few Eagles staffers, but credited Nick Sirianni for keeping good coaches in the building. Yeah, that definitely sucks that he wasn't able to get somebody that he truly wanted. But again, you know, Steichen talked about the QB uh, believes you can help a QB's accuracy through building mechanics, but also in the difficulties of throws you ask him to complete early on. So again, it's one of those situations where, um, 
I, I don't know if uh, th that really didn't do a whole lot for, you know, the people who are thinking about. <laughs> That's funny. Thank you, Raul. I appreciate that. If you gave a percentage for each of the top four quarterbacks and likeliness of the Colts drafting them, what would it be? Um, Bryce Young, I'd say. No, I'm not Richardson over Stroud. I still want I still want Stroud, but uh, Richardson is definitely a guy I would like. And uh, Ozai, yeah, I am a little under the weather. Um, <laughs> Just a little under the weather, you know, just dealing with a whole bunch of stuff. I'm moving around. It, it's one of those situations. But um, it is what it is, though. We battle through this, right? Um, Percentage-wise, I'd say Bryce Young probably at uh 40%. I'd say Stroud 50%. Will Levis probably around the same 50% and Richardson, probably 30%. That would be just my guess. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how they do unless it is, unless you're talking about like a hundred percent of everything. I don't know, but, uh, but again, it goes back to the same argument. You know, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to, say that Ballard is going to draft Richardson and not like, I mean, the problem is, is if you draft Richardson, Richardson's the most raw guy of everyone there. Is it worth taking uh, the, the chance on that? Because you don't know if Ballard is actually going to be able to stick through that, right? Ursay's got him up against the wall right now. So how that works, I have no idea, but it, I, I wonder how they're going to do it, man. I wonder how they're going to do it. One second, guys. Just trying to see if I can get anything more. But again, yeah, um, it was awesome to... Um, it was awesome to see Steichen again. Uh, Steichen again, just a very, uh, a very well-spoken guy. You know, does a fantastic job with these. Uh, he's just again very strict, straight to the point. You know, it's fantastic what they're able to do with that. Where is Ballard? Um, yeah, Ballard should be coming up to. Uh, he should be coming in around 3.30 is my guess. That's what they said on the time. But then again, they also said that... Uh, but then again, they also said that Steichen was going to be at 2.30 and it was 2.15 when they started it. So, you know, it might be sooner. Who knows? <laughs> Jalen Carter news might affect us. Yeah, um, if Jalen Carter is... Uh, does end up getting arrested. Uh, that could, that could mean some different things, you know, it, it, because that would be meaning that one of the top defensive prospects in the entire draft is now, uh, off the would mean he's off the board. If they know for a fact that, um, 
he's unable to that he's unable to play at the start of the year. So I'm not 100% sure on how that's going to play out. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too, Ozai. Um, honestly, I, I felt pretty much the same way. Uh, it's a misdemeanor. Yeah, I, I'm pretty positive it won't really affect him much though because I was saying that earlier. Mis- he's going to probably get a misdemeanor uh, because unless they find out that like he was responsible for the crash that killed people, then that's different. But if he was just racing and everything else, I I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen. So if Aaron Hernandez can get drafted and play Carter's golden, (laughs) but the mental aspect of this can affect his play. Yeah. I mean, that's the interesting part because we know he wasn't going to do any of the activities at the combine. He was just there conducting interviews and talking with teams, but he wasn't actually going to do anything uh, after we, we know he wasn't going to do anything on the field, but yeah, you're right. We wonder what uh, the aspect of this is going to do to him. But again, he is, he's put out a statement already saying that he does. He knows that uh, he knows that he's not, you know, going to be uh affected by this it'll be interesting to see if that's true you know (laughs) knowing that Wentz is available sends chills down my spine (laughs) Steichen will develop Richardson quicker than people think you can improve on accuracy but you can't improve his skills and physical traits I mean that's that's very true. I do believe that Steichen could improve him. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not he's going to, you know, do things like that. Who knows? Bears trade Justin Fields and draft Bryce Young. Colts should make uh, that happen. Fields on the Colts, Jonathan Taylor and Fields in the same backfield. Hey, I mean, listen, I've heard them say that they might want to do that. I've heard them say they might want to do that. It's just the ultimate question is, is do you want to take a chance on trading for Justin Fields? You know, that that's kind of the situation that you're in. Nyquil and Vix with a five-hour energy chaser if you want to stay up. Yeah, tell me about it, bro. I didn't get a ton of sleep last night, so that probably doesn't help. Yeah, I understand that he laughed it off, but at the same time, like, if the Bears get a really good trade offer for uh, Justin Fields, I mean... That that's kind of a situation where they don't, they might need to take that.
Derek, what is your idea of draft capital we will have to send for the number one pick? Um, uh, Austin, sorry, man. They, uh, Shane Steichen already spoke. Um, but we will, pro- we will have an, I have another stream set up guys. I might just end up just staying on this for the long haul. Who knows? Um, but for number one pick, I mean, I feel like it, we're what you're going to have to give up. If you're going to go number one, you're going to have to give up your first. You may have to give up your first for next year. You might have to give up another pick and you might have to give up a player. Um, I would be fine with giving up my first this year, the first next year, maybe a third uh, this next year as well and be able to do it from there and then get another player. But that, I don't know if, uh, Storm, we absolutely have enough draft capital for the number one pick. Stop saying that. Every team has enough to get the number one pick. You just need to actually do it. That's the problem. With what Steichen said at the presser, you have to see the future. Yeah, speaks a lot. Absolutely. Just making sure that, uh, just checking guys, making sure that nothing is new to be looking at for, uh, for Chris Ballard's sake. Yeah. Mikey, uh, Steichen already spoke, dude. He spoke early. He was not supposed to speak, uh, until two 30, but he already did. I can, we can actually re-listen to this because I didn't get to see, I think, the first minute or two of this interview. So we're going to re-listen to this. Let's uh, let's open this back up. Hold on. Let me uh, person see how he saw. There we go. Now, again, I apologize for everyone who's in here that wants to watch it already. Um, the people who... Um, when the when you're talking about these people, the these reporters don't have mics, so you can't hear their questions. You just kind of need to just take his responses by what you wish. But uh, this will this will do. Success with Stafford and you know at Detroit, and then you know obviously this previous year with Lawrence and and uh, Jacksonville. So his expertise with the quarterback, the way he sees the game, the preparation he puts into it. I got to spend a year with them in 2021 at Philly. 
uh, and really get to know him as a person, see how he saw the game. Uh, that's where we created that relationship. And uh, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to do a phenomenal job for us. So I guess that talking about uh, Cam Turner. So um, again, high praise there for Shane Steichen. Uh, we're st- and I think he mentions it later in here. The fact that the Colts don't have a passing or running game coordinator. Uh, if he can't get those filled, uh, then he might just designate some guys to take control of that. But or Jim Bob Cooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah, Jim Bob Cooter for that one. <laughs> yeah, obviously there's a process. You always have guys in mind as you're going through it. You have your list of guys and, you know, certain guys you try to get. But obviously you got to go through the interview process. you got to vet guys. you got to do everything you can, turn over every rock to, you know, get the best staff possible. Yeah, I, again, I've had a ton of respect for Gus. You know, I spent four years with him, just the person he is, the leader he is. Um, nothing but phenomenal things to say about Gus. You know, I'm very fortunate to have him still in the building. And then obviously the rest of the staff that's in place. Um, and we'll and we'll say the full staff when it comes out here soon. So, yeah, he's talking about Gus Bradley and how uh, he's retained and he's going to remain the defensive coordinator. So, uh, yeah, I mean, people are wondering, you know, is Gus Bradley going to be, you know, off the staff after a while? But it sounds like he's going to remain there for the long haul. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, play, coaches are like players, right? You're under contract. So some guys you're not going to be able to get. And I respect that. You know, Nick, you know, has a responsibility to keep good coach in that building. And that's what he did. And he's talking about um, other coaches that he tried to bring over. Um, I could fully imagine that there were a couple different positions that he was trying to get a couple different coaches from that Eagles organization that he was trying to get specifically O-line coach, maybe a passing game coordinator that he wanted, maybe even as an OC uh, for who they had. Uh, Johnson, who was there as the quarterback's coach. I think he may have wanted him as well. So uh, we'll see. Uh, We'll see what uh, we'll see in the end who all is going to be out there. But I guarantee that there were a few guys there that he tried to grab and Nick Sirianni just wouldn't let him. Yeah, I mean, if we do go that route, obviously we're still going through that process. You know, we're going to be very detailed in that process on which uh, route we go. But again, you know, those guys have, you know, familiarity with the quarterbacks. You know, they got young, their energy, they got enthusiasm. I mean, they see the game well. They're bright, young offensive minds uh, that can adapt. I think this game's always changing. I think you have to have a growth mindset. You got to stay one step ahead of the competition. And whatever that is, finding new ideas, new drills, whatever it is that to keep evolving the game and the quarterback play as it continues to rise in this league. I mean, as long as it's legal, I mean, I think you keep doing it until they take it out. I mean, obviously it was a good play for us. I think we ran it 41 times last year, had a lot of success doing it. And obviously our offensive line had a big part to do with it and Jalen too, but uh, we'll see where that goes. So he was talking about the quarterback sneak and the Eagles have been under a lot of scrutiny 
for how they ran their uh, QB sneaks this year. Uh, yeah, I think he said he ran it 41 times. And I think they said at least four, 39 of those times, it might've been all of them, at least 39 times the guy ended up, uh, they ended up getting the yardage that they needed for either a first down or a touchdown. They ended up converting. So again, he's talking about, um, you know, still potentially doing that with whatever quarterback they have, if that ends up being the case, but we'll just have to see, uh, again, shout out to the 300 people who are in here right now. Be sure to like the stream guys would really help us out. Yeah, I think obviously, you know, when you when you prepare to be a head football coach, obviously you have your first couple of days, you know, written out and how you need it to look and you got your checklist and going through and obviously putting together the staff is first and foremost and uh, still working through that. Got a, a few, few more spots to fill. Um, that's first and foremost. And then once you get that done, then it's on to the draft. Uh, then it's on to these players, obviously reaching out to the players, connecting with these players uh, just to get to know them a little bit. Obviously, I've met a few guys that have been in the building. Uh, and then a lot of guys that are off, you know, in the off season, just connecting with them via phone. You know what? Tough, physical, fast defensively. You know, like I said, I got a ton of respect for Gus and what he does defensively. Um, and, and they played us tough and uh, a lot of respect on how they played. They were detailed. They were fundamentally sound uh, and they did a heck of a job against us. I guess we're going to have all those conversations, you know, going through uh, in the next couple of weeks. That's a great question. I think you got to see the future. I mean, that's sometimes that's probably one of the hardest jobs is predict the future of these young guys. But what can they be? What their capabilities are? I think all these guys in this draft have talent. Um, and then how do you elevate their talent, you know, as coaches and put them in position to succeed? But that's a great question. Um, again, as coaches, we got to do a hell of a job of evaluating that and seeing what they could be. Briefly, briefly, yes, just very briefly. Again, right now, I'm just finishing out the staff right now. And once that gets finalized, I'm going to be all ball. Again, I'm going to take analytics into the equation and most definitely, obviously, I know there's a chart, you know, I'm going to listen to the chart, but again, it depends on how the game's going. The flow of the game dictates like that. I mean, if it's a go-go situation, but we're up two scores and you got a chance to go up three and kick a field goal, I'm probably going to take points there. Just situations like that. Um, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I think it just depends on what you need uh, from a staff to staff, to offense, defense right now. So, I mean, if that ever came into play and we needed to use those titles, we could use those titles. You know, there's a lot, a lot of good things to say about Philadelphia. I mean, the organization was phenomenal, first-class organization, the way they ran the operations. Um, and then again, just the way we, the, the camaraderie within the staff and the team and the players on how we built that culture there with Nick leading the charge, uh, I thought was phenomenal. And, and the, when you get the buy-in from everybody, that's when teams can become special. But you got to do a hell of a job of staying consistent with your message every single day and just doubling down on that stuff. When you went through a process like this a couple years ago, drafting a quarterback, you know, like Justin Herbert, what did you learn from that year about finding that kind of special player making 
That's a great question. I mean, that was the COVID year. And I remember we had to do his interview over Zoom via Zoom. And that was the exposure. I think the COVID thing hit right after his pro day. We we're going to do a private with him, I believe. And then the COVID thing hit and that was done. So then it was just via Zoom and off the tape. But what I took away from that is that this is a guy that loves football and was a perfectionist and wanted to be right. And, and he did a hell of a job in that interview process, gave him some information to study. Uh, he studied it. He nailed it. And then we went to his tape and just how he talked about the game and his preparation throughout the week and what he went through Monday, you know, Sunday through Friday to get ready for his games in college football and just the vetting process of talking to so many different people and finding about what his mental makeup was. Because a lot of these guys are going to be talented. They're going to be able to throw it. They're going to be able to run. They're going to be able to make plays. But what's that edge? What's that edge that separates them? Yeah, that makes sense. I think, again, whoever that guy is back there throwing it, you got to adjust to him. you got to build the offense around the quarterback first and foremost. You can't be stuck in your ways of, hey, this is the system we run or whatever it is. Like, you got to be able to adapt to that guy. And not only that guy, it's all the players around him, the receivers, the tight ends, put those guys in position to make plays. What does this receiver run well? What does this tight end do well? What does these backs do well? The offensive line. And I think it's the same thing on defense. Like, you got to put these guys into position to maximize their talents uh, so they can shine on Sunday. Well, I think the physical traits, yeah. I mean, obviously, you got to be able to be able to throw it and cut it through the wind and all those things. But again, the accuracy is is one of the biggest things. Like, I think when it's third and eight, and you got to have it. Like, you got to be able to stand in the pocket and deliver a strike with a guy coming down, you know, barreling down your chest. Uh, I think that says a lot about a guy's toughness. Um, I, I look for that on tape. Uh, obviously, the vetting process of it, but the physical traits, obviously, this guys come in different shapes and sizes. We've seen Hall of Famers that are six foot. We've seen Hall of Famers that are six five. Like, again, it's that it factor, right? Because everyone's going to have some talent. you got to find and dig deep. No, I mean, no, I've, we, we've seen it done. Drew Brees is a great example. He's phenomenal. I think you can, yes, I think you can. I think you can help accuracy. I definitely do with mechanics. Um, and I think. Part of it, too, is the scheme you put them in. You know what I mean? Don't make them think too much sometimes and simplify the offense to build it around the quarterback. You know, that's a good question. I think part of it is I think it's the obsession. Some of these guys, like, you got to love it. You got to be obsessed with it. You got to be first one in, last one to leave. Like these guys in Philly know. I mean, Jalen was in there at freaking six o'clock. He'd be in there till nine thirty, and I'm like, that's what it looks like. Like you want to play in this league for a long time and be successful. Like you got to have that mindset every single day that I'm going to give it everything I got and be the best I can. Yeah, I do. I feel good about where I'm at uh, right now with the progress. Again, still some things to get, you know, cleaned up. And, you know, obviously got to get into this draft, you know, start watching more of these guys, uh, all positions. Um, but but feel really good where it's all at. And then the next process is obviously, you know, getting into phase one and phase two with the OTAs and phase three. And obviously we get the extra week uh, with the mini camp there. So putting that schedule together here soon, shortly. Tanny, phenomenal, uh, phenomenal. I got a ton of respect for Tanny. Um, obviously played in the league for nine years. 
sees the game really well, sharp, very, very detailed. Just he gets it. You know what I mean? Those conversations that I've had with him um, over the past two years, the way he sees the game, talks about the game, clear, concise. Uh, there's no gray area with him. We, obviously, the game might be played. There might be some gray, but the way he teaches it is, is second to none. Again, I think when you're evaluating guys, especially when you're going through the process, is the vetting of guys. You got to find out. You got to ask every single person that knows this guy, that's been around this guy. What's he like? What makes him tick? What's his office hours? How does he study tape? I mean, all those little details. And then as coaches, you got to have a detailed plan when you go and meet with these guys, whether it's here at the combine or there, or they come in for the top 30 visit. Of, hey, here's what. Here's the plan. Here's how we're going to find these things out. What's that? That's Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, CDA National. Uh, it's a club up there in Coeur d'Alene. I went up to it this summer. My buddy's, uh, my buddy's dad and him are uh, building this new club. So if anyone's interested, it's a great place. Yeah. And that was it, guys. That was uh, a recap on that, um, if you guys hadn't already seen it. Uh but let me just go ahead and delete this because we're just going to stay on here until um, until Ballard gets to the podium, which should be within a half hour. So we shouldn't have to wait too much longer for that, which is good. But man, y'all are going crazy in the chat right now. Y'all be putting out some crazy things. Give me a second. <laughs> Chuck Pagano thinks CJ Stroud is the bright fit for the Colts. I'm going to be back in. Uh, I'm gonna be back in 60 seconds, guys. I got a I got a voicemail that I gotta listen to. Just missed something. But um I will be back in 60 seconds. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Give me one more second, but guys, I'll be right back. Just give me one more second. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, what's up, guys? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Had to, I got a call, but I had to respond to that. But anyways, thank you guys for hanging around. But uh, you guys are going wild in the chat. Honestly, from what I see, um, from what I took away from that, again, the number, t- the top two guys are still CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. I mean, in one way or another, if that's something where he feels he can even improve them more on that, I mean, it might be a thing, man, where we might have to go up and do that. Oh, interesting. Anyways, um... But yeah, I mean, tell me what you guys thought. What do you guys think when it comes to what Steichen said about the through the presser that gives you a idea of uh, if it's going to be any of these quarterbacks? You guys let me know what you think. Bryce Young all day, Richardson. Hey, I feel that, man. This chat has turned into a civil war since you walked away. Mark, yeah, bro, this chat goes crazy when I walk away for a split second. You guys just can't, you guys just can't behave yourselves for five minutes to allow me to do my thing, you know? You guys are over here yelling at each other. 
Stroud or Richardson, hey, I'm all, I'm all for it, dude. So right now, guys, we are currently just waiting for um for the Ballard presser. Um, again, he's live at the combine as well. So, um, should be getting a uh, word from him shortly. Just currently waiting for uh, him to come to the podium and to talk with the fans. Richardson over Levis, and he's three years younger. Um, I mean, I could, I could agree. Bro, Levis is only 23. Stop acting like Levis is like way old. Okay. He's 23 right now. He's gonna be 24 uh when the season starts. So it's not like he's that old. Okay. Levis, Levis can play for over 10 years if you let him. Did AR only play one season? He only played one full season. He played uh Uh, he played half a season in 2021, I believe. Don't worry. You guys are going to like the videos that Cody and I are going to do tomorrow. It'll be wild. QB we get this draft will not be our franchise. We'll see what happens. Wentz? Nope. No. Oh, did you guys see the fan duel post? Did you guys see that? Yo, I gotta show this because I don't know if this was accidental or if this was on purpose as part of a uh let me uh let me just see here. Hold on a second. You guys, did you guys see that? Hey, thank you, Mr. Me. I appreciate that. Yes, the 11 Photoshop. Yeah, let me let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. I got to find it for in case anyone didn't see it uh, yesterday. So, obviously, Wentz played for the Colts. FanDuel said um, that... Uh, yeah, FanDuel said, uh, could that we see Wentz go to the Colts? So let me show y'all. So instead of getting a actual picture, an actual picture of Carson Wentz from a from the Indianapolis Colts, they photoshopped a jersey and helmet onto Carson Wentz. They Photoshop Wentz in a Colts uniform instead of just taking a photo from how, how I don't know if this was a troll job. I don't know if this was 
accidental or if this was on purpose. I have no idea. But how in the world you could have possibly thought to Photoshop Carson Wentz on here? I just have no idea. Maybe maybe that was the incentive behind it. Maybe because it was number 11, uh, maybe that's why they did it. Hey, shout out to Cody. Appreciate you, man. Um, oh, 315 with the uh, Valor Presser. Okay, we'll, we'll stop it. But, like, how do you mess that up, bro? How do you mess that up? How do you mess that up? Just don't understand that. Colts tweeted Ballard at 315. Okay. So it should be any minute now. Should be any minute now when we get... Uh, yep. Yeah, now scheduled to speak at 315. Okay. So yeah, we should be getting an update any minute. And when we do, I will have it ready. Whoever is drafted, we should support. Yeah, I absolutely agree, man. Absolutely agree. Photos are copyrighted. I know, but you can find photos of Carson Wentz that are not copyrighted. You can find those easily. Three fifteen now, and I haven't. It is three fifteen now? Haven't quite seen him up there yet. Should be very, very shortly. Thank you guys still for tuning in. Greatly appreciate you. Y'all getting Will Levis. Listen, if they think Will Levis is the guy, oh, here we go. Hold on, I got it. Let me, uh. Over 300 players, 32 teams, everything we need to get done. Um, and they just do a tremendous job. They have, they have worked extremely hard on the player experience and make it, making it easier for the player where it's a good experience for him, where they get more rest. They get everything done that needs to be done here. Um, it's really efficient. I commend both Jeff and the league for all the work they've done. All right, let's go. <laughs> I've said my piece, chap. <laughs> I don't, I mean, that's a... I don't know if it's any different than any other year. I mean, I think there's good players. Um, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I think everybody's going to see each guy for see the strengths and weaknesses of what they see and what how they fit their team. Um, but it's a good group. <laughs> One that wins. Um, no, I mean, look, you want to. You want a guy that's got a fast mind who's, who's, who's accurate. Like we get caught up in arm strength, but guys that is accurate and then who makes plays when the game's on the line. Um, and they, and I know I'm going to get this question, but like, I think we're seeing today, they come in all different shapes and sizes. 
I mean, you look around the league and, and I think you can track this back to seven on seven back in high schools, 20, 25 years ago when they started that more kids that, you know, you're getting a lot more athletes playing the position. So they're going to come in different shapes, different sizes, some tall, some short, some athletes, um, the ability to move, navigate the pocket, escape from the pocket, create plays with your feet. I mean, all those are things that we're seeing in our league. Not that we haven't seen them before, but I think it's even become more prevalent. And we still are. And I'm not going to sit here and say we're not. Um, but there's always exceptions. Um, and we've seen that at the quarterback position here, you know, in the in the past. And you, we've had guys that are, have been under six foot be successful. Um, and, I mean, I know there's been times I've griped that some guys can be too tall. All right. And now we're going to say they're too short. So I think beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And who do you believe in? Who do you believe you can build an offense around? Um, and I, and I do know this, you don't fit the offense to the quarterback. You fit the off the quarter, you fit the offense to what the quarterback can do. Well, I think that's what Shane will and the staff will do. That's where the intangibles I mean, that's such an, that's so, it's so key, you know, the ability to process, to handle, I mean, what we put on the quarterback, just not only from a play standpoint, but off the field, you know, automatically he gets deemed the face, face of the franchise, right or wrong. That's what happens. And they got to be able to handle that. And then you got to, and then when they have success, it's not just, it's not just, you know, the moment of when they're drafted and then it's once they have even have success, they still got to be able to handle it. They can't become above the team. Um, so there's a lot of factors that go to play in with that. Um, and I mean, I think it's, it look, it's the hardest position to find. I mean, everybody's grabbing to find him. When you find one, you know, you do whatever it takes to keep that guy. Um, and, but it's difficult position to evaluate, difficult, difficult position to find. Yep. I think being like the team believing and who you got behind center matters, you know, who they are, what they stand for, how they work. Um, and this is not an indictment on anything going forward, but I mean, backwards, but you know, that matters, you know, and making sure that the system fits, you know, what he plays to his strengths. I mean, that that's key plays to his strengths. No, that no, no. I knew that question with loaded one was coming. Now I wouldn't say that. Um, Cause we, we look, we had struggles, you know, this year and I don't, we just struggled. I mean, I've, I've well documented, I've gone through it, you know, the offensive line issues, uh, the issues we've had. No, I think our staffs have done good job in the past doing that. 
Um, but I think when the flavor of the court, they're going to be much different than what we've had in the past. Um, you know, where we've had almost pure pocket guys, which I think all these guys, there's a few of them that are, but most of them can run and escape. Um, so that changes the dynamic some. No, there's look, we had a young left tackle. Okay. We had a, we had a, we had a new starting right guard. Um, and the as a group, it was valuable experience for those young guys. You know, we need to, we need our, our best players to play to their potential. Um, and we need those guys to continue to improve. We'll, we'll continue to look and add. Um, but that is an area where, like, I think y'all have been around me long enough. Like it guts me when, when you can't block people, it's hard to win. It is hard to win. And that's an area that we will make sure we have enough competition um, and enough depth, you know, here moving forward where we'll be good up front. Well, I mean, look, guys, dynamic. He won a lot of <clears throat> won a lot of games on a big stage. It was never too big for him. Um, I think all those are qualities that he he's proven in his college career that have made him successful. Of course, I'm going to lean on it. Like we've leaned on every offensive coach we have. You know, it's not like we're just going to shut them off in a room. So y'all just go freaking coach. We're going to just draft whatever quarterback we want. They're they're going to have their say and they're going to have their influence. Well, one, and I know this is coming up because I know all the speculation out there. One, to move up, you there's got to be a guy worthy of it. Okay, I know everybody in the in America is going to say like this is what's great right now. Everybody has just automatically stamped that you've got to move up to one to get it right. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't. And but that's going to be the narrative. And that's OK. You got to write something. You got to keep the news flowing. So but I don't necessarily know if that's the I don't know if that's the the right course of business. If when we meet as a staff and we say, okay, this is what we need to do. This is the guy for the next 10 to 15 years. And we think he's the right guy. Sure. We'll do it. But who's to say we won't get one at four. That, that we were just convicted that this is no freaking doubt, the guy. I don't, you know, you're aware of what's going on around you. Um, but I don't, I think as we work through this, you know, each guy's got special qualities, okay? And is there a separating factor that within their play that you think, okay, there's no doubt this guy fits what we want to do um, and he's worthy of moving up for? I'm not ready to say that yet. I'm not ready to say that there's that one that stood out. And we've done a lot of work, but I want to get our coach's take. 
We want to work through it. Well, I think they all need development. This is, they're in there in a league that's a much different. And I know the one you're targeting, but look, they all need, they're, they're not all going to step into this league and just kill it. Like they all, like the defenses are different. The disguise, the post-snap reads that they have to do, everything is faster. And so they all need development. Um, and so I don't want to sit here and act like, you know, there's one over the other that they all need it. I mean, it, I think every one of these guys need development. If if it works out that way, yeah, it's definitely on the table. I think you, I think get, you know, allowing the kid to grow at his own pace, and not, and I think we've seen cases through the league. You can just look at some of the quarterbacks that. Like, I almost laugh sometimes. Like, if you look back in history, there's guys, I don't know if they would have had careers in today's world because we cut them off after two years. Like, if they're not in two years, if they're not making the Pro Bowl and going and becoming superstars, they're done. I mean, that's, that's reality, at least from an outside perspective. But I do think you got to be patient. You got to have a plan to, for them to be successful. You have a plan to win with how they're going to play in that moment. And then as they evolve, all right, then you put more on their plate. But, and, and I think each guy's different. Every guy's different in that way. And then being, and somebody had asked, you know, more about the, the pressure that's put on it. I mean, that is the pressure of that position, but you got to do what he can do. And you don't want to overload him because the more they're thinking, you know, the slower they're going to play. So what can we do to get this kid playing fast, playing where he can be successful um, and and win games. That's that's good. That's a good question because I've thought a lot about it. I, I asked somebody the other day, "Do you think we'll ever really see a, you know, a true pocket?" I mean, I do think you have to play from the pocket. There's going to come a point because defenses are smart. They're they're going to they're going to do everything in their power, especially if you're a good athlete to keep you in the well and not let you out. Um, but the day of um, the day of this, of a guy's just a drop back quarterback, man, you just don't see many of them out there. And that's kind of the involvement of the position we were talking about earlier. Um, and that, that is one of the things that's, that's really evolved in this league, but eventually they have to be able to play some because defenses are going to keep you in. Um, well, you got to protect him. I mean, you know, unless you want to just watch him get hit. I mean, that okay. Um, but you got to protect the guy. But I mean, from a contract standpoint, I think it's been proven um, that you're able to do more with the team. You know, when you're when you're not carrying that that hefty contract. But I look, Kansas City's proven it. They've got one on hefty contract, and they built a heck of a football team around them. Many ways to skin a cat. Awesome. Thank you. And that's it.
Just like that. That is it. That is the presser. <laughs> so I saw a whole bunch of you in the chat talking about it. So let's just throw it out there while we have it. I mean, was that not the biggest, biggest, like, throwing out, out like, hints of Bryce Young? I mean, was that not? I, I, I know a ton of y'all was, I know y'all was uh, talking about it in the chat. I mean, truly, that's what it sounded like. Um, at least that's what it sounded like right from the beginning. But again, every single question about the quarterbacks and just what are the Colts going to do? And of course, we know that Ballard is not going to give away everything that he wants to do, right? He's not going to do everything. He's kind of playing uh, the devil's advocate here. He's trying to go back and forth. He's making these back and forth arguments on what's good about this guy. What's good about this guy. What's the difference between the, the way the quarterbacks play now and what they do now. But again, it's, there's not much you can take away from it, but there was definitely a lot of there was a lot of talk of the mobility of quarterbacks, and that certainly sounds like someone who may be looking at a mobile quarterback. He admitted that they were absolutely going to draft a quarterback, but he mentioned about size not being as important, which is a shocker considering he's a size queen. Um, yes. Uh, here's the thing: when it comes to when it comes to certain positions, I think that quarterback is something that quarterback is something that you have seen a lot of different quarterbacks at a lot of different sizes have success in this league uh you've seen some guys that are six foot or shorter you know be relatively good quarterbacks in this league and that's just what it is but for other positions like if you are talking about uh offensive line if you're talking about wide receiver you're talking about cornerback if you're talking about defensive linemen that kind of stuff where you're using your height at, as an advantage on every single play is a huge walking order from how it goes. So it, it really just depends on how that goes. Do they believe that there is a guy that is worthy of trading up and going and getting? They have to have something. And I don't know. And obviously, Ballard has probably been thinking about it. He's been probably talking about it a little bit. Uh, is Hooker not going to be ready for the combine? No, he's not going to be ready for the combine. He is supposed to start running this next week. So that's why. 
but you, you just need to try to understand the positioning that matters. You're using things in a different way. And for quarterback, it's completely different. You have a new coach with a new set of circumstances and a new thing that, that, that they got going for them. So they have to be in a different mindset to approach this because they haven't approached it the same way before. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they approach it going forward. But we're obviously not going to know about it until we get a little closer. And if we find out if the Indianapolis Colts are actually going to trade for that number one pick or even to number three, if it goes that way. But that's going to do it for this one, guys. Um, I'm going to hop off. Starting to get tired and uh, obviously I'm coming down with something. So that kind of stinks. But uh, again, we'll try to get some videos out. We'll get some videos out over the next few days. And like I said, I'll be uh, putting out some uh, combine videos and doing things like that. So uh, hope you guys will enjoy the NFL combine. Be sure to tag us uh, and some players that you guys like. And uh, keep an eye out for the videos coming up this weekend. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for showing all the support on these pressers. And as always, guys, go Colts.